This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Victory Drive. This week, we got on Turner Rowland. Turner Rowland is the guy behind Waypoint TV. And if you guys don't know about Waypoint TV, it's a really cool outdoors app that you can download on your smart TVs and all that good stuff. It's just live outdoors TV. Uh, it's really cool because when I'm not in the mood for picking what to watch, I'll just click on Waypoint TV and just let her rip. You know, just watch whatever's popping up and watch it. Because that's one thing I kind of miss about cable TV is the fact that you just click on a channel on a, that you like and watch whatever pops up. And that's basically what waypoint is it's um outdoor channel stuff on your smart tv and you just click it on watch it live see what's on and they have really really high quality awesome hunting shows fishing shows all that good stuff so if you guys haven't downloaded on your tvs go down there check it out download it it's free check it out see what they got cooking there um but we got to catch up with turner back in the ata show so uh once again have a little patience. If there's a little bit of background noise, please forgive me. Uh, I, I personally like it because it kind of sets the mood a little bit. And those ATA shows were a lot of fun because you get to talk to so many different people, meet so many different people that you don't get to talk to every day. And I, I really enjoyed them. So I hope you guys enjoy them as well. Um, also, I guess life update. I'm just getting back from Mexico. So Went to Mexico with my family and had a fucking awesome, just chill time in Mexico, drinking, eating, having a good, good time. So I might be a little bit sluggish or out of it on this intro, but that's just because I'm so goddamn relaxed. All right. It was some, I don't know if you guys out there listening do this too, but whenever I take PTO from my job, generally I save it up for hunting season whether it's white tails or whatever. And this year, there's a lot of shit I'm going to be doing. If you haven't noticed, I've talked about it almost every fucking week on here. Um, but you know, between bear hunting in Wyoming, 
Africa, going back to Africa, whitetail season, all that good stuff, and everything else in between. Uh, I generally like to save my PTO for that stuff, you know, like hunting and take my vacation time to hunt and go, like, just get out there and do that kind of stuff. But I will say it is really nice to get out there in, like, a place like Mexico and just totally relax and all-inclusive. So it's awesome. We went to this great place there in Mexico and just had a great time sitting by the beach, getting a little bit of sun, getting some vitamin D back in my system because it's been winter in Iowa and it hasn't been that cold, but still the sun is not out very long. So it was really nice getting out there, fucking soaking in some rays, drinking some margaritas on the beach, having a great time with the family and just really relaxing. So, uh, yeah, so that's a little update is a lot of fun. Once again, fucking great time. So if I'm a little bit sluggish on this intro, that's probably why I'm just feeling real fucking good. All right. But it is awesome getting back in the rhythm. Thanks. Getting back in the gym and all that good stuff. So anyways, um, I just want to give a little life update on that for you guys. And also, I guess we'll get into the partners of Victory Drive. You know, the guys that believe in the show so much that they want to be put their name on the intro and let some dumbass like me sit here and talk about them. And I will say one thing about the partners and all that stuff. I know some people kind of like to poo poo on, you know, partners and sponsors or whatever you want to call them. Right. Uh, it's just, in my opinion, I think it's great because for one, obviously, uh, it's nice working with companies that believe in you and they put their, put their name behind what I'm doing here with Victor drive and all that stuff. So it's, it is really f- nice having that kind of vote of confidence from companies like this. that decide that they want to, they, they believe in Victor drive and what we're doing here. So it's awesome hearing that and working with these guys, especially you guys like Grizzly coolers, you know, title sponsor of the show. They're awesome. Awesome dudes. We have a podcast coming up with Isaac Getzinger pretty soon as well from ATA fucking great people. Just really easy going, outdoors people they get it you know they really do get the lifestyle they do it all the time just like us and they put out awesome awesome stuff like their hard side coolers obviously everyone knows them for they are the best hard side coolers in the game i feel like and they're just constantly revamping their stuff and while keeping in mind you know outdoors people like all of us listening uh so if you guys haven't checked out grizzly coolers check them out online at grizzlycoolers.com and when you're perusing the website just check some stuff out and you decide that you want to try it out you want to try out some grizzly coolers and see what they're all about well you can save 15 percent if you use code wcb at checkout so yeah check out grizzly coolers awesome guys really cool easy going people and they believe in they believe in me and what we're doing here, so I really appreciate them for that as well. And also Black Ovis, they are new to the show, uh, but they, man, I'll tell you what, Black Ovis makes a lot of sense. They have very very competitive pricing for the high end gear that they're selling on their website and all that stuff. They're just, I don't know what I I'm a deal guy. I like to look at deals and find deals and. I don't like to pay full price for shit necessarily because I am I am still just a middle-class dude, you know, working 
you know, 40 plus hours a week, whatever you, you know, working a regular full-time job. I don't have a shit ton of spending money. And when I do save up for stuff, I like to spend it on experiences more than I like to spend it on items and like things, you know, like material things. I like to spend it on experiences more than anything. But when you have a a company like Black OS that they're keeping their prices as low as they possibly can, uh, it's pretty hard not to buy some shit. And when I do buy some stuff, my dad instilled in me buy once, cry once. And Black OS has some of the highest quality gear that you can find for the best prices. So check them out. We've talked about their optics before they they have on there, the footwear they have on there. Uh, I'll get more into like some of the other gear that they have on there, like the camping gear and all that good stuff. But if you're bored sitting around and you are itching to buy something, check out Black Ovis. Just keep them in your rotation of websites to check on and find some deals. And also with them, if you decide to pull the trigger and purchase something, then you can use code VICTORY at checkout. That is code VICTORY at checkout on Black Ovis to save some coin. And also Mountain Ops. Uh, If you guys are sick of being a fat fucking loser, then you can get on Mountain Ops and buy some of their supplements. I currently am using the Yeti Mode pre-workout in the mornings before I go to the gym and their creatine. Um, So far, I mean, I, I love them. I love their products. They, first of all, if any of you guys out there like to go to the gym and use pre-workout, you know that shit tastes like garbage most of the time. Uh, Mountain Ops, their stuff tastes really good, I think. The Yeti Mode especially. I got the, I think it's called Rocket Pop. I can't remember. That's That shit is fire. It's really good. I don't know if the kids say fire like that anymore, but I am. And it is really good stuff. So if you want to get in the gym and you need a little extra motivation, check out Yeti or Yeti Mode. Really good pre-workout there. It's also got like two milligrams of creatine in that pre-workout as well. So just really ramped up, ready to go. And it's it helps me. I need a little extra motivation at 4.30 in the morning to get my fucking ass into the gym. So Mount House really does help with all that stuff. So if you are on there and you want to save some money at checkout there as well, use code VICTORY at checkout. I'm out ops as well. All right, guys, I'll quit boring you to death with my intro and this. So you don't have to listen here and listen to me struggle through talking to nobody and just get on the show. All right. Please welcome Turner Rowan from waypoint TV. Thanks guys. Turner Roland, how you doing, man? Good, man. Good. How are you? Oh, great. Uh, just at ETA. How's it been going for you guys? Very productive. Is it very productive? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I kind of walked into the show not knowing what to expect because it very low attendance. But the, um, you know, the reception's been really nice. Really mm-hmm. nice. Closing some deals, making some stuff happen. Um, just continuing on new audience development. Um, and just just growing it, 
making it happen, mm-hmm. diving in head first. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. It was my first time uh, being at ATA, but that's kind of something I've been hearing. It's like it's going to get smaller and smaller every year yeah. um, for the past few years or so, it sounds like. But, show's great, though. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I love walking around. I mean, I'm an archery nerd. Right. Yeah. So, I'll, I mean, you know, in between meetings and stuff and, and appointments, I'll go and like shoot some releases or I'll shoot in the new PSO, PSE bows and Bowtech bows. Um, so it's fun, you know, it's still fun. It's always fun. Yeah. Uh, but sure. it's just different, you know, it's, yeah. it's kind of weird. I, I, I'm honestly a little concerned about the history of this show oh, or the future, the future of this show. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Archery's so near and dear to my heart. I'm like, we got to keep it going. Yeah. It's like, we don't want to see my baby die. Yeah. Like, this is fun. Yeah. 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 It'd be sad, you know. Uh, But we were talking a little bit earlier, too. It's like, Mm -hmm. it seems like there's just so many, like, hunting trade shows to go to, whether it's, you know, just every state has their own trade show, it seems like. Every species has their trade show. Every species has their (laughs) trade show. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And it almost seems like it's uh, splitting the community or like maybe there's some trade show fatigue for vendors and Mm. um, other people maybe. I don't know. But definitely fatigue. Yeah, Yeah, definitely fatigue because we were talking about this earlier. But on the fishing side, there's, you know, two or three, maybe three. So you have the Miami Boat Show, the Fort Lauderdale Boat Show. Um, and then I cast at least for saltwater fishing, you know, mm-hmm. and then you have some like bass conventions and stuff, but, um, it's far more concise. Mm-hmm. And then also, you know, one of the things that I don't want to sound like I'm complaining a lot, but a lot of outfitters and people from like Alaska and Canada come down here and they do this on the same weekend in January every year. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't, it's just hard traveling from like, I live in Montana and oh, yeah. it's negative 20 degrees right now. I had to leave my <laughs> wife and my heat's out. Oh, so, shit. Yeah. And we have horses and everything. So, Oh, no. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. That'd be hard to leave. <laughs> yeah. It was really hard to leave. She was like, you can't go. And I was like, I have to. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, honey. I got to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I have appointments. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, oh. really, I'm sorry. You're going to have to build your fires yourself. Damn. That's rough. <laughs> <laughs> She's a tough one, though. Yeah. She's. She's a cowgirl. Yeah. She she uh, grew up rodeoing and stuff and grew up on a farm. So if she can handle herself. She just doesn't like to. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, well, why, I mean, I don't, I don't either when it's negative 20. It's so. fucking cold, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you guys live out like in the middle of nowhere, Montana then or what? No, we live like uh, 15 minutes from downtown Bozeman on okay. about 400 acres um, in a little oh, part of Minium. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. We got a good spot, man. We're like 10 minutes from the Gallatin River. Um, and, and, a, and really close, you know, I, I, my nearest hunting spots, maybe like, like 15, 20 minutes away in the mountains, mm-hmm. um, for like bear and stuff. And then elk, maybe like 45 minutes away. No, so really nice. central. Um, we got great duck hunt on the property. We, uh, we went closing weekend, which was this past weekend and mm-hmm. smoked them. No, oh, nice. Smoked them. No yeah. shit. That's cool. Yeah. And it's funny. It's like right across the street from a neighborhood, but it's out of town. So it's, everything's legal, uh-huh. but you're right across the street from this like cul-de-sac. <laughs> Feels kind of weird. Blast. <laughs> <laughs> There's soccer moms driving by, you know, to pick up their kid from soccer practice yeah. and you're just blasting away. <laughs> <laughs> that does feel weird when you're hunting close to like, mm-hmm. housing and stuff. It just... I've, that's the awkward, first time but, I've done it with a gun, yeah. you know, because you can get away with it. Bow hunting, mm-hmm. get away with it. Everything's sure. legal. But, you know, you don't want to blast a firearm. Yeah. Yeah. And we have some, like, in the city, we have a, a firearms restriction. So you can hunt 
um, anywhere except for like designated no hunting areas in the, within the city limits, mm-hmm. you just have to use a bow. So like okay. there's, when I was in college, there is a, um, field that a farmer leases and grows hay mm-hmm. or barley or something that they turn into hay, uh, like 10 minutes from the college within town. And so you go over there and bow hunt and, and kill whitetail <laughs> like 10, like right at, right after school. Oh, that's awesome. Know? though. That's <laughs> yeah. cool. It's probably not so weird in Montana. I feel like it's probably pretty common practice. Or um, maybe not really. I don't know. It just depends, man. Like, uh, rifle season is so crowded out there on the oh, private lands. Yeah. Um, everybody and their mother hunts mm-hmm. rifle. I mean, I, and it's changed really fast. So when I was, you know, freshman, sophomore in college is when I went out to Bozeman and I'd be able to go down. I, I can talk about it now cause everybody knows about it in town <laughs> down on the, on the Madison river on the lower Madison. And there's so many deer there and a few pockets of public land. And I used to go there like twice a week and mm-hmm. hunt deer because there, there aren't a lot of big bucks in their area, but there are some. And so you catch glimpses of them on private land and then you'd be like, okay, well, he's headed that direction. I can go to this pocket and just see if he comes yeah, or shoot does. And now I went back there to try to just kill a doe. And I saw every, every truck driving up and down the road had orange in it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude. Dang. That's the better tough. save up for a lease. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's tough, man. During, um, it's like, during archery season for things, it's like the handicap is that you're using a bow, right? I mean, yeah, you nobody's out there. And stuff. Yeah. But then like the handicap of like during any gun season, almost anywhere, it's just like, it's so many people. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. wild how vastly, how vastly more, I guess, crowded things get during gun season than during like archery season and stuff. Yeah. Archery's hard, man. Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sucks, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. There's yeah. it's, there's nothing exciting about it. Just stay away from it. Shoot your gun. It's better. Yeah. yeah. I want to I want to go out really bad during like a a rifle season somewhere. I got west really bad, but it's just like getting tags is fucking hard when you're yeah. trying to draw and stuff as like a that. non-resident. Yeah. It is. It is, and it's also very confusing. It's a lot of shit. Very confusing. Every, so every state is different. Mm-hmm. Um, like Montana, I was just talking about this with my buddy Cameron here. Montana has a general bull elk tag. Mm-hmm. That Well, it's an either sex tag. And it's just one tag. It's called a general tag. You can hunt from uh, September, opening weekend in September, first weekend of September, all the way to the end of the season. And then till like middle of February when we have a shoulder season for cows on private land, all mm. with the same tag. Hmm. Colorado has different tags for every weapon season. Mm-hmm. So you have an archery tag, a muzzleloader tag and a rifle tag mm-hmm. where in Montana, you just draw one tag and just whatever season it is, you know, you go yeah. and then, and then like, man, like the, now you're diving into some really confusing stuff with like Arizona. Cause they have, um, Early bow season, early rifle season, like early muzzle loader season. Mm-hmm. Then they have late bow season, late, and I'm probably getting something wrong there, but it's just, it's so confusing. Yeah. And then the, the, the point system, the draw system, I don't, I don't know. I think it should be different state to state and different states should manage their regulations according to their wildlife mm-hmm. problems and resources. Um, but they're, 
there's got to be a way to make it less confusing. No, you'd think so, right? <laughs> I mean, they, they definitely don't put a whole lot of time and money into their uh, websites because they are not oh. user friendly. Like, none of them are. Dude, so, it's like I didn't know we traveled back in time to 1996. Oh, dude, yeah, dude. yeah, they're running Windows XP still or something. It's silly, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 but I mean, you know, it's uh, I don't know. I guess the where the money goes as long as the wildlife is being taken care of and it's continuing to improve and I'm fine with like, you know, having to enter your stuff into a 1996 right. uh, website, you know, yeah. as long as things are being managed appropriately. I think where you get like confusing is when things aren't being managed appropriately or mm-hmm. the wrong people are deciding things. I don't want to dive into anything political, but yeah. you know, there's well, some been recent developments. You can probably know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah it's just, <laughs> That's the thing that sucks. It's like, um, you know, I mean, that's with every state though, too. It's like you really want as a hunter and stuff and, uh, you really want to, you really want to assume that they're doing everything by like the, with biologists and, um, you know, the DNR and all, all that mm-hmm. stuff, like all the game, the game agency, they're the ones making the calling the shots. But then you get like little slivers of just like, it's like, well, like in Colorado when they're introducing wolves and stuff, it's like, well, was that like a biology decision or was that like a, I feel a good decision for the, you know, for the people in Boulder and <laughs> yeah. in Denver, you know, it's like, dang, like, now you're there's a kinda, lot of different sides. Uh, there's a lot of different sides, man. Yeah, because on one hand, on, on one hand, I like elk a whole hell of a lot more than I like wolves, yeah. but I still like wolves. They're cool. They're very cool. And mm-hmm. they're, and they're almost a spiritual animal. They were for like yeah. the native Americans and everything. Um, and then there's the other side of the coin where it's like, well, Science would tell you that predators mostly eat sick and weaker animals. Mm-hmm. Unless. Unless <laughs> they Unless, don't, yeah. you know. But I mean, wolves are known, to, especially when they're um, training like pups and stuff, they're known to just like kill and then not Yeah, what do they call the that behavior? Um, they call it like, I don't know, like glory killing or something. Or something like that. Something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, I know mountain lions like, are worse at it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because they'll slaughter a whole flock of sheep, yeah. you know, and then just like walk away. Yep. I think that was fun, like, That was dude. just training. That was fun. Let's do it again. <laughs> yeah. Dude, cats are murderers, dude. They're psychos. They're savages. Yeah, everything from dude. your fucking house cat to a mountain lion to a like a uh, African lion. It's like, they're psychos. Dude, house cats are savages. Dude, they I'm, are. Dude, I don't, I, I mean, I'm coming around. My wife's a, my wife likes cat. I wouldn't say she was a cat lady, but she likes cats. My wife hates them. Well, <laughs> I've kind of come around to them just on like the point that they're such savages, dude. Yeah. So our cats, we, we live in like a barn dominium. So we have, we live upstairs. My wife's office is downstairs, and so is the barn. Mm-hmm. And we have barn cats because we have mice. We live in, like, a giant field. True. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, And so we got two cats from the shelter. Um, first of all, did you know you had to pay for animals in the shelter? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I rescued my dog from the you shelter. Did? Yeah. I didn't know like that. 50 bucks, I think. I didn't know that. So yeah. we, <laughs> you shouldn't have to pay for cats though. <laughs> no. Well, look, I'm all for supporting shelters and everything, yeah. but I just thought it was like through donations or like government, you know, grants or something like mm-hmm. that. So we pull up to the shelter and I'm like, yeah, all right, we need some cats. So we're going to do a good thing. And we're going to like go and, and, uh, rescue these two cats. Mm-hmm. 
And then we pull up and they'll be like, all right, that was, that's $200. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't really expect that, but yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that. Yeah. I just didn't know. I had no idea. The, so anyway, the spiel I got is that you're, you're paying for like the spaying and neutering because they're all spayed and neutered, weren't they? Yeah, they're yeah. they're spayed and neutered. They're vac they're vaccinated. Yeah. And I'm all for it. like sure. I don't know. I mean, it's a there are a lot of dogs and cats out there. They're like yeah. strays and like what are you gonna do with them? And I, I'm fine with supporting that. I was just like, we have to pay for these things. <laughs> <laughs> didn't want to do that. <laughs> like well, I just didn't know. I was like two hundred bucks too. Oh, like shit. damn. Yeah, I was hoping like they just like yeah, here you go. <laughs> yeah, like hey, thank you. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'd be like, you're welcome. Yeah, you don't um, want Celine Dion sitting there singing in the back of your head, you know, the whole time. Like, or no. uh, Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> or that Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I thought Celine Dion my whole life. <laughs> no, dude, that's her one hit. She oh, made a yeah. career. She made a career of peeping, pe- making people feel terrible about themselves. Dude, she did. You do feel like shit whenever like um the ASPCA, the ASPCA. Something like Whatever that. Whatever it is, when they have all these dogs crying and shit, and I don't know how they train them to do that, but they, they're all like sickly and skinny, and you hear her singing in the background, you're like, fuck, dude. You're like, getting emotional like, over ah, here, Sarah. Ah, this sucks. <laughs> ah, this sucks. I'm not, I'm not going to give you any money, but ah, I'm really yeah, sad right now. Yeah, so I <laughs> thought know? the shelters were being paid by the Sarah McLaughlin commercials and government yeah. grants and stuff, and they're like, that'll be $200. And I was expecting a thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nope. I I dude, I, I've got a, <laughs> I've got a firm, um, like stance against commercials and stuff that make you feel bad. So like, I refuse to give to like, um, sad commercials. So like, if they made them like happy commercials, like, Hey, we're doing really good things. <laughs> Look at these dogs. starving like, African uh-huh. children. Look yeah. how awesome they are. No, I'm not doing it. You're trying to make me fucking feel bad, dude. I'm not doing it. Like show me, yeah. show me something, show me a commercial of you doing something good first. Yeah. Instead of like, oh, look at all these sick and dying things. Now give us money so we can heal them. It's like, show me that you show me the healing. Them. See, yeah, show me something good, yeah. dude. I don't want to feel like feel bad. I, I give money um, to charitable organizations, but I won't give money to charitable organizations. That I don't know where the money's going. Oh, dude, yeah. You know, all, mm-hmm. there's some sketchy stuff. There's some scares. I used to work for a um, a company that did technology, like a uh, a grant management system. You know, like people would apply for grants and then you would go through the uh, um, selection process mm-hmm. based on like what they put in the software. And then you would, could manage the grants and like see if they've been paid and stuff. Um, and and there's a uh, – I don't know. There's just a lot of uh, – there's so much great work that happens with like NGOs and, mm-hmm. and nonprofits. But there's some sketchy ones, dude. Oh, dude. Yeah. Especially when you look at like the fine print on um, nonprofits and stuff and you're, mm-hmm. it's like only – I think their nonprofits are allowed to use – and don't call me on this, but I think these numbers are right where it's like they're allowed to use up to 80% of their – funding for administrative services yeah so it's like oh <laughs> shit so i could you know like what does that mean that's a pretty vague term you know yeah. does that mean like a private jet for the ceo hell so yeah it does to and from fundraisers you know and it's like so then 20 percent is going 20 percent of the money is going to, to to the mission like yeah damn yeah well that's i mean rough. i don't know it's just human nature you know yeah, you like you're like is. man so uh we we raised four million dollars this year mm-hmm. couldn't we just take like 10 percent you know, no. <laughs> they're like, I mean, I don't know. Then you're, then you're still doing like $3.6 million yeah. of, of good stuff. You know? Yeah. But some organizations just pocket that. So anyways, moral of the story, uh, do research. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of them are pretty good. That's about, your hard earned money too. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's, 
I mean, they're not taxed. Like they're exempt from taxes. Yeah. So it's like, but then all my money's my money's been taxed. But by the, time, by the time I give to this charity, my money's already been taxed like four or five times. I feel like so it's like that sucks. <laughs> so Jeez, yeah, my man. shekels that I'm left with, I you know, it's gonna be hard for me to shell them out to charitable organizations that I don't know for sure that they're using it for the mission. It's like you know, <laughs> I remember uh, my first job was working. I went to this uh, school that was like a middle and high school combined. So going into ninth grade, my first job was, uh, working this summer camp, this day camp at our, at our school. And I got my first paycheck and, um, you know, it was like for the, we got paid weekly. It's mm-hmm. maybe like 200 bucks a week, like not much, yeah. you know, but like your, your kid and they took like 20% or something like that, or 15% or something like that. And my first reaction was, this is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, this sucks. <laughs> I was like 14. <laughs> like, what the fuck am I doing here, dude? <laughs> yeah. No, it does. I mean, that sucks. Like when you start growing up and start making money and you're just like, damn, dude. So if I make, let's say I make fucking 50 grand this year and it's like, damn. But I'm Taking only going to see 30. Like, yeah, yeah, dude. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you look at the taxes and you get done doing taxes at the end of the year and you go talk to your CPA or whoever you're, whoever you're doing it with, whether it's, you know, whatever. And it's, uh, you're sitting there talking to them and they're like, oh, yeah, okay. So you paid in this much in taxes and yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, damn, that stings. And then they're like, oh, but you still owe like another 2500 They didn't take enough out. And it's like, what? What? <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah. What the hell, dude? Well, it'd be fine. <laughs> I would be okay with it if um I got like free stuff, and when I drove down the road, I didn't hit any potholes. Yeah, I, I could do way. I can. I can buy my own shit. Just let me keep my money, dude. Let me keep <laughs> my, what I've earned, man. Like, yeah. damn. <laughs> yeah, it's, it sucks. it's tragedy. I think you should get tax breaks for buying fishing and hunting gear. Honestly, should. Yeah, or I you think do. You should. you should. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think you should. I mean, ten. You're already getting. What? What's the Pittman Robertson? Ten percent. Um, eight yeah. percent. No, I think it's ten. Ten. I think it's ten. It Which depends. is great. I'm a huge fan of that act. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, we're all happy to pay pay it. But. You should probably get a ten percent tax break for the money that you spent fishing. Yeah. Content. I'd save a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, you can only call a tax break on um your charitable <laughs> donations. Unfortunately, like when it's uh when it's involuntary, there's like. We're just going to take it. Like, there's nothing you can do about it. So why yeah. would I give any of it back? Yeah. yeah. We got to find a way to yeah. make money on I know. this, man. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, the Pittman Robertson Act, that's a totally different aspect because it's like, I think. I love um, it. Huge fan. Yeah. I mean, I, actually, I think for outdoor equipment, I think it's 10%. I think for firearms and ammo and stuff, it's 11%. And like bows and really? arrows, I think it's 11%. Yeah. I think that stuff is 11 I think the equipment is like 10 or something like that. I think it's a little bit uh, less for the... really good how they did it sneakily, too. So they put it on like the MRS, MSRP. Yeah. You know, like the retail price. Like it's not, you buy a $1,500 bow and then at checkout, you get $150 tax or 100 yeah. whatever 11% is. You just don't see it. Yeah. You just, you just don't even think about it. And then mm-hmm. all that money goes right back into conservation. Yeah, because I think the yeah it's, it's the the business, the company that's making the things. They're the ones that are paying it technically. Yeah. Um, but obviously, it's coming back down on the consumer. Obviously, but mm-hmm. in, yeah, because we don't see it. It's not yeah, it's not like you go get rung up and it's like oh yeah, it'll be twelve hundred dollars. Then oh, and then one percent <laughs> on top of that for the PNR. And you're like, damn it! Like every time I, if I saw it, every time I'd be like, fuck them, dude. Yeah, <laughs> but since yeah. I don't see it, it's not too bad. <laughs> yeah, well, you're just like, oh, that's yeah, nice. That's cool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know about oh, yeah. that. I think it was like something like uh, like ninety. 
like higher, higher 90%. I like guess it was like 90 something percent. It was like the, the vast, 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 vast majority of the Pittman Robertson act comes from firearm sales and ammo. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh. So that's one, that's another thing that, that I love about like my pod, the, the podcast here and like working with like WCB and stuff like that mm-hmm. and the outdoor community. It's like, I don't feel like a lot of people know that. It's like, um, the majority of your, because like, hunters and outdoorsmen were like PNR fucking rules. Like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. public land, fucking nice. All this stuff is cool, nice. you know? But then, um, the majority of the money that are coming from people that aren't even using it, like from like sport shooters, guys mm-hmm. that like, uh, competition shooters, they're shooting a shit ton of ammo. They're buying guns. They're buying more Reloading guns, supplies, way more guns than a hunter. Like, you know, it's yeah. like for your traditional hunter, you're going out there and you're buying your, you know, let's say you go out there and you buy your, your Winchester model 70 and you're like, cool. Like I want to hand this down to my, my kids when, you know, and everything else. And you buy a box of ammo to sight it in and another box to hunt with. Yep. And that's, you're good for the year. You know, <laughs> maybe you don't buy another box next year, but you're buying like a couple boxes. Like your traditional hunter is not really stocking up on mm-hmm. ammo and yep. spent in uh, expending if they're smart. It. They are though, man. Yeah, Cause I don't know about be. where you live, but, um, <clears throat> when hunting season rolls around, around September, I do this thing every year where every time I go into uh, like sportsman's or Murdoch's or anything like that, which is quite frequently, yeah. I'll always pick up a box of ammo. Oh, I do because, too. dude, around September, September, October, November, it's no, you're done. Yeah, dude, people wait in line because mm-hmm. everybody waits till the last minute, right? Yeah, you be like, man, I need thirty out six pronto, or right. I'm not gonna be able to kill an elk. And um, I just buy it whenever it's on sale. <clears throat> <what> I do. <laughs> Which is, I didn't even know they had sales on ammo. Oh, yeah. I mean, Fleet Farm, whenever I go in there, uh, is generally where I buy a lot of my ammo or from really? my local gun store if I'm, you know, in there. But uh, mm-hmm. at Fleet Farm and stuff like that, when I go in there, it seems like they're always having sales on ammo. Yeah. So, like, especially 9 mil. Not so much like you're hunting cartridges and yeah. stuff, but like 9 mil and 5.56 five, and stuff like that. It's like they're always having sales. It's this, nice. I bought a 9 mil specifically because ammo was so available. That's the oh, only yeah. reason. It's so fun. Oh yeah, yeah, it's great. It's I love it. It's great. It doesn't beat mm-hmm. you up. I mean, you can shoot you can shoot a forty five all day long, but like, do you really want to? I mean, or ten it, mil or it anything? Is, like, yeah, it's more expensive. It's like it if is. I'm going to go yeah. shooting, like target shooting, like training and stuff like that. It's like yeah. I'm going to shoot nine mil. It's way fucking cheaper. I want to really get into. So my grandfather is a really big target shooter, and I was talking to him because. <clears throat> We live. We still live next to some people, and they don't really like us shooting center fires. Mm. And, but we can shoot rim fires and shotguns and bows and everything. You know, all we want. Yeah. Without anybody getting upset. Um, and so I was telling him, I was like, man, you know, I uh, I really like shooting twenty twos, and I kind of want to get into it more because I hear that you can shoot them at like a hundred yards. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, you're way behind. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? He's like, dude, they're they're shooting them at five hundred. Yeah. It's like, what, 22? Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever, uh, so I did a podcast pretty early on with, uh, Darren DeBoer or yeah, Darren DeBoer. Yeah. I always fuck his last name up. DeBoer, DeBoer. He's awesome. He's a Bergara shooter. He shoots, um, but he shoots all those 22 matches mm. and he's saying, like, he's like, yeah, dude, we're shooting further than 500. He's, I think he's shooting them out to like six, 700 yards sometimes. 22 long rifle. Just fucking sending it. Like yeah, bottom of the scope. To... <laughs> just bottoming everything out. Just <laughs> cranking it down and, and still aiming high. It's like it's still holding over. Do you have do you think you have to reload your own do you think you can do that with factory ammo? Yeah. 
You think so? Not, probably not like uh, Thunderbolt, you know, <laughs> like the cheap, you know, yeah. Thunderbolt that's super like cheap CCI, to. Yeah, or CCI, probably not. Yeah, um, subsonic. I'm sure they have like higher end uh, factory ammo for 22s and stuff. Surely yeah. they do. Surely. Every high, every, I need to get like a good 22 because, you know, I just have like the 10 22 and then I have that's a good um, 22 though. It's solid. It never yeah. fails, but, mm-hmm. but I at least need a better scope on it. Yeah. You know, cause it's just, <clears throat> the stock Ruger scope that it comes with. Jump. But, um, yeah, I don't even know. You, I mean, you can't even move the, no. the uh, turrets. No, it's just know. fixed. It's just, uh, um, is it fixed power? Mm, I think so. Yeah, it's probably fixed yeah, power. Yeah, pretty cheap scope. It's just your standard duplex reticle. There are no yeah. hashes or nothing. It's just like, there it is. Yeah. Here's some crosshairs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and, you know, with like distant shooting, I mean, I, I, we were talking before the podcast. I don't know. I know nothing about distant shooting. Mm-hmm. I like to do it. With people who know what they're talking about. You, you know? need to. Like, if you're going to get in a long range yeah. shooting, you need to have someone that knows what they're doing. Because it's like, you can learn a lot from YouTube, but man, something like that, it's like really good to have like a mentor. Well, it's just like um, working on your bow. Yeah. You know, I mean, putting a bow in a press is like inherently dangerous. Yeah. You know, like Josh Bomar, who, <clears throat> I mean, say what you want about Josh Bomar. He doesn't, he just uses but- legs. <laughs> he's like my thighs are my bow press dude <laughs> he should he probably could yeah, i'm sure he, he could, probably dude. could but he almost uh severed his finger off on a bow press a couple months ago oh of course he did and i mean dude that guy probably uses bow press every day mm-hmm. probably every day for the last 25 years i'm sure yeah and he almost severed his finger off just the one time you know it's, it's like, always that one time yeah. when you're like oh you know i was doing something else and then i just wasn't thinking and i was in a rush and mm-hmm. boom you know yeah. and that's it's what explodes. i'm worried about like reloading mm, i don't think you need to worry about that so much i don't really yeah um i hear I, it can be dangerous though. really i don't ever heard that reloading I never heard of anything that just, um, I mean, maybe that was my dad just telling me to stay away from gunpowder. Maybe if you're sitting there like smoking cigarettes the whole time while you're reloading, that's probably not advised, you know? No. No. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I've never heard of anyone like just, um, fucking something up and blowing up around their hand or nothing Hmm. like that, though. I mean, I'm sure it's happened, but I just, you need to have something that ignites it. And if you don't have anything hot, like super hot and embered, think, embered around it, like a cigarette or something. I think what he was saying was like, if you measure the powder wrong or something like that. Oh, and then you shoot it. Yeah. 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 When oh, you're yeah. shooting. Yeah. When oh, you're definitely. Shooting. Yeah. That could happen. That happens all the time. Yeah. All <laughs> you know, the time. You're, you're right. I mean, when I say all the time. It's, so when you're reloading, I've never reloaded, by the way. So I'm talking on my ass. You know right more now, than but, I do. Yeah. <laughs> but you get a reloading handbook and yeah. it has all the factory, like the Sammy specs and um all that stuff and like the pressures that, that you can't exceed. And I, I know that dudes, especially when you're talking like competition and stuff and long range mm-hmm. stuff, they push the limits, you know, on everything. Oh, they, yeah. They, they load on, maybe overload yeah. it a little bit to get more velocity. Right. And they're like, well, yeah. Like, but the Sammy spec came out in. 1923 for this cartridge and that's when they're using shitty metal metallurgy mm-hmm. now we have really good metallurgy so it should be able to handle more and then mm-hmm. and just blow out the action dude, if you're doing that on like a 338 or god forbid like a 50 cal no yeah done dude 
Um, I bet a lot of people reload 50 cows because they're like probably 10 bucks pop. Yeah. So um, there's this YouTube channel, Kentucky Ballistics. And we watch it because he's like, it's, it's really cool. So redneck. It's fucking, he's badass though. He's the shit. So um, what's really cool about him is he, uh, he keeps everything PG and he does yeah. like some silly stuff in the beginning. So I watch it with my, my daughter and stuff. And it's really cool. Um, but he does, a, he has a great YouTube channel. But he was doing this thing where he, he had this uh, 50 cal. And it was, um, I can't remember who the, um, who, what kind of 50 cal it was, but it was the one where the breach, you unscrew the breach and then you load it around it and you twist it back down and oh, so collapse it, has, it back up. It has no sort of recoil. No, no, uh, it's not like it, it wasn't a Barrett. What, what are, what, what's that called? The recoil system maybe. Right. Yeah. No, it's just, it's just all, a straight. It's just, Right in there and it's all, yeah. you know, metal or whatever, but that wasn't the big deal. So he was shooting it fine, but he's shooting slap rounds out of it. What does that and, mean? And, uh, they're just a different style of round. Like it's, um, it basically has, I can't remember what kind of metal it's in there, but it's basically like a, it's basically like a mini shaped charge where it's like you have the soft metal on the outside and then you have like a really hard metal on the, in the inside. So when it hits mm. something, it'll like display open and shoot the middle projectile through oh, so like, like the penetrating, actual like armor penetrating yeah. stuff is an armor penetrating around as well okay. and he's shooting into some something i can't remember what it was but um what happened is he was shooting someone they're old like old 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 um military surplus <laughs> rounds they he bought oh, rounds you yeah. know and one was just bad i guess he shot it and it exploded and it shot the breech plug back at him and it hit him in the neck and freaking he almost bled out like on youtube like while he's recording his dad, his dad was recording it the whole time and he exploded right in his face and fucked his hand up and mm. shot back and hit him in the neck. And he started like gushing blood out of his neck and his dad had to stick his thumb in it to hold like pressure on it. And while he rushed him to the, med- the, the hospital and stuff is wild. So that's the kind of stuff that, scary. that scares, that scary a little bit. <laughs> Have you seen the, um, the video of the guy shooting in the desert? 50 cal. I think they were shooting Barrett, but they just, I mean, it looks like they pulled up on a salt flat. Their mountains probably like 1500 yards away. There's like a mm-hmm. hillside and they just pulled up on the salt flat and just have like, a like this table, you know, mm-hmm. and then, uh, just like this chair, uh, just metal and plastic, you mm-hmm. know, and they were shooting and this guy shoots. And about a second later, you hear this and it comes and it like, it takes out the table. Oh, I think. Or the round comes off. Something like that. Yeah. The round comes back at him and he narrowly escapes yep. death. And I've had. Um, I have seen that. That's wild. Yeah, dude. I don't know what he was shooting. Um, he was he's probably shooting. I don't know like how that some happens. Some sort of steel or something, obviously. Something like, how would that happen? Send it right back to the like, like 1,500 yards. He gets down there and then the USPSA dude's like, return to sender. And fucking <laughs> there it goes. You know, it's like, dang. <laughs> return Rough. to sender. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I don't know how that could happen with steel because I've shot, you know, like yeah, plenty of 45s at steel and like gotten hit with frag. And What was he shooting? He was shooting a fifty cal. Oh, yeah, no, but what was he shooting at? What did he hit? As I, I don't, uh, I don't remember what it was. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't really say, does show. It? Yeah, like it's too far away yeah. to see exactly what he was shooting at. But I was thinking, and I was like, well, I don't think water would do that because rounds bounce no. off water, but not right back at you. No, yeah, I mean, it would just maybe it hit off a couple things. Like maybe there was something like a, a like a a corner, mm-hmm. and it hit here and then here something because it's like dude 
I mean, that's bad luck, but it's also a billion. But it's also like super good luck that he didn't like smoke him right in the forehead, you know, and just toast, just toast him. I think it, I think it like hit him in his muffs or something happened. It hit like really close to him, and he's just like, whoa, yeah, whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa. But he's live. He's fine though. (laughs) And it's like, dude, I probably wouldn't be shooting that anymore. You just got to know what you're shooting at. He was, uh, he, they were probably doing something wrong. I mean, maybe, probably. I don't maybe. know. I've never, that's like, that's like unheard of. I don't think yeah. I've ever, ever heard of that happening before in my life. And I've shot steel when I've had like shrapnel kick back a little bit and hit me in the legs. I'm like, ouch. You know, that stings a little yeah. bit. It was just shrapnel. It wasn't like a ricochet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, mean, it's just a I was also piece just a frag. Yeah, yeah. Just a little too close to steel and I didn't have the yeah. steel angled. So I'm like, well, yeah. my bad. You know? <laughs> yeah. I went to this one like shooting camp. Um, it's what kind of got me into pistol shooting and we were doing like the president's drill. Mm. Um, and, uh, we, the guy next to me was shooting a 45. I was, I was just shooting a 22. Mm-hmm. And dude, um, he was, cause you know, we had, um, two, three separate steel targets, um, for each person. It was like a little competition, you know, okay. a little tournament. And, um, he was probably like five feet away from me shooting. And twice during that president's drill, you know, it's six shots. Twice during that president's drill, I got fresh. Oh, jeez. Ouch. Like right in my forearms. I was like, can we get another go? Cause he kind of messed me up. <laughs> Yo, I'm calling bullshit on that guy. He's messing with me. You know, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, what wasn't angled or anything. Yeah. And now, apparently, I saw this thing called, uh, Throom Targets. Have you heard of them? Throom. T-H-R-O-O-M. And I, I don't know so. if they're powder coated or if it just, if it's a different type of metal, but they claim there's no ricochet no matter what you shoot. What does it do? Just, I don't know. Fucking suck it up. Suck it. I, I, I just don't, I just don't <laughs> think it comes back at you. Yeah. Huh? Like I think it t- helps it go. Dissipate. To, I don't know. Maybe I wonder if it's like, uh, like, what it, so concave is inwards, convex oh, is outwards. Right? Yeah, yeah. So it must be convex. convex. Yeah. Where so like if it hits, it just like shoots it off to the side, like yeah. away from you. That'd yeah. be that. Actually, that makes a lot, make a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, because I know a lot of guys when they're shooting steel, they just um, you know, they have uh, their steel hanging, and maybe it goes at a bit of an angle, so it shoots it straight down. Mm. Like it hits and ricochets downwards and away from you. Like down yeah, and out kind of thing. That's smarter than I was growing up. Yeah, right. I mean, that's smarter than I was like last month, dude. <laughs> I was shooting just at some some steel that my buddy like welded up and is like on a swing thing, and it wasn't AR five hundred. It's like I don't know some softer metal, and I was shooting yeah. with my AR, and it popped a bunch of divots in it. And I went up close and I was shooting my handgun and it was hitting those divots and it was just sending it right in my shins. Shooting the shorts on, just sending it straight in my shins. I'm like, ow, damn it. <laughs> I had like a little, I just had some little shrapnel chunks like stuck in my shin. I'm like, damn, dude, fuck, yeah. that sucks. I need yeah. back, back up. <laughs> it's kind of like a round ruiner, man. Yeah. It's not enough to ruin your day. No. But, uh, it stings. It's hot. Yeah, it's hot and it stings. It's like makes you think, man, I should probably be wearing pants and not be yeah. so close, you know? Or just like, especially glasses. Man, my my dad, yeah. one of the best things he ever did for me was make me wear sunglasses anytime I ever had a rod, BB gun, airsoft, anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, if he, 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 um, I have so much respect for my dad. He never raised his voice at me. He never, he always talked to me. And made sure I understood something. Mm-hmm. And then maybe if I did it again, maybe he'd raise his voice a little yeah. bit because he's frustrated, you know. <laughs> um, but the, if there was one thing where he would whoop me, 
uh, it would be because I wasn't wearing sunglasses while fishing mm-hmm. or shooting. That and, makes sense. You know, medical bills are expensive. And obviously your life and stuff too, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I sight. Yeah. But I remember, and it's it's paid off for me. And it's, well, I would say it's almost paid off for me. It's paid off for me a couple of times. Like I got hit, you know, just like playing airsoft with my buddies like sure. in, the, in the glasses. But one time we were fishing um, with Colby folks from Under Armour. Um, and we were Goliath group of fishing in the mangroves mm. with these big circle hooks, like, you know, probably three inches long or something like mm-hmm. that. And the mangroves, <clears throat> I don't know if you know mangroves, but they're like very long, skinny branches that come off, oh, okay. you know, mm-hmm. like it, around the keys and everything. They're everywhere. And the Goliath grouper get under the mangroves. And um, <clears throat> we were casting baits up in there. And Kobe, uh, or actually, I think it was me, got, because uh, you have to get right up in there. You try to get the bait under the mangroves. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was casting up in there. I think I got it stuck or something. And uh, we were fishing with like a hundred pound test, you mm-hmm. know, like really, really thick line, strong mm-hmm. line because they're, they fight hard. And if they move, you know, two feet into those mangroves, they'll get kind of tangled up and you lose them. So you got to no. really put the pressure on them first. And then once they get out of the mangroves, they don't really fight that hard. Mm-hmm. But um, anyways, hook got stuck in the mangroves. And um, it was me my dad and Colby sitting on there and uh, we tried to get it out, you know, did, did, did all the tricks wouldn't work. So we got the trolling motor. We tried to pull on it even just to break off the line. Wouldn't mm-hmm. work. We got the trolling motor full speed in reverse and pulled on it Whoa. as hard as we could, as hard as we could. And it's my dad pulling on it. Colby on one side, me on another side. And all of a sudden we hear this. And Kobe goes, oh, oh, <laughs> he goes, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> and dude, Kobe was a Marine, like he, he tough as nails, you know. Yeah. And so we knew it hurt. And we were like, what, did, someone, we, did someone shoot him? <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> and he lifts up his shirt and there is a perfect hook mark in his oh. stomach. And you can see the eye of the hook. <laughs> And it, it, the line didn't break. The hook bent out and came at him and just smoked, and him. smoked him in this. <laughs> and all I could say was, oh. <laughs> that's pretty funny. I used to get like embedded in them. <laughs> but my point is like, that could have come back and hit yeah, my eye. Right. So my dad was always like, impact resistant lenses, like, you wear that when yeah. you're fishing. And, oh, yeah. And, shooting you know the trouble hooks and shit scare the fuck out of me like i've seen some pictures and stuff of people like get them like yeah doing what you're doing oh i'm stuck and then they're doing this thing and you know and all breaks free and it's like sunk and yep. just hits them right, right in the, in the eyeball the and they're like oh like, yeah that would suck <laughs> yeah, that'd be so bad <laughs> i have an embarrassing story oh, that'd be so bad um we were me and my wife my wife was a maid of honor in this wedding from one of her college roommates in gatlinburg uh no, it wasn't Gatlinburg. Somewhere around Gatlinburg, Tennessee, by the Smokies. Okay. And we got an Airbnb right by the river, like right by this trout stream. And so I would be working and then during uh breaks I would go out and uh, it was actually a smallmouth stream. They weren't trout in that part. And I would go and fish with a um what's that lure called? Um I call it the redneck special. Say, uh, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a little Sardines. treble hook under that, and then it has a blade that spins around. What's that called? Okay, 
Um, oh, I don't know. Like, is it like a, like a, I don't know, like a spinnerbait type Kind of. Situation? It's a spinner. It has, uh, I don't know. I'm anyways, not a fisherman, dude. It's got a little treble, <laughs> treble hook under. Okay. And, um, <clears throat> I got it caught like right at my feet. It got caught on this little twig. And instead of bending down and reaching up and picking it up, I decided to jerk on it as hard as I could. And it came straight up and hit me in the pinky. Oh. Like, deep. Ouch. And oh. so we, had, we tried to do the line trick. And it was, uh, the barb was under my tendon. Good. And so every time she pulled on it, I would be like, oh, that doesn't feel right. <laughs> I think he would bend like that. You know? Oh, that's not good. And so she had to drive me to the uh, urgent care in uh, freaking Pigeon Forge or wherever we were and get this thing out of Did you have to like push it through and then clip it and then pull I it I tried out? to do that oh, myself. Fuck. And it just, I don't know. That's it made me question how you. tough I am. Um, I wouldn't be able to do that, I don't think. I mean, it wasn't my pinky. And so it wasn't like a meaty piece of skin yeah. where you could really, and, and it wouldn't move right. that much. It would always move when it was in there. But <sighs> I don't know, man. You hear you hear people getting like huge treble hooks in them, mm. like two hundred miles offshore, oh, and yeah, being like, dude. you know, we're not going back. We're not going back. You just Suck gotta, up, you gotta get, you gotta it. get it out. You gotta get it. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta figure this out, dude. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen some. I've seen some videos of some like real men where they get shanked with their treble, and they're like, oh. Damn it! And then they, I seen that one where he, I don't know where it was at in his hand, but he just shoved it through the rest of the way, clipped it, and then so he could pull. So obviously the barb, right? And then pulls it out, and it's like, oh my gosh, dude, that's my Ouch, dad. Dude. That's my dad, dude. He got uh he got um a hook. It wasn't a treble hook, but it was a hook, and it went through his thumb to the point where you could see it under his fingernail. Hmm. He just ripped it out. Ah. He's like, what the fuck? He's a, he's a stud. He's like, ouch, that sucks. Dude, he did <laughs> a video. He was like, all right, Instagram. <laughs> oh, no. He's like, hey, get this. Uh, I'm going to show you guys how to remove the hook from your thumb. <laughs> what? Dude, your dad's a gangster. <laughs> dude, my dad's a savage, dude. <laughs> all right, Instagram. I did something stupid. I'm kind of embarrassed. And dude, my dad has all sorts of stories like that. So he was one time he was fixing this fence um, at our house. And he had this staple gun, you know, just mm-hmm. like the, the ones you press. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, something happened. He wasn't paying attention. And he just, there's somebody working out behind him, like one of his buddies. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was trying to see if it worked. And somehow or another, it got pressed on his, like in the middle of his palm mm-hmm. and it went down. And he got a, a staple, you know, like an inch deep staple. Mm-hmm. Like almost all the way through his hand. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> and the guy, and he just went like, mm. and the guy working out was like, looking over there and he just pulls it out like this. <sighs> and he's like, I can't believe I do that. That's so stupid. <laughs> and the guy, and the guy working out was like, did you just, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> you just stapled yourself, dude. <laughs> Dude, he's a savage. That's awesome. He's a savage. In his hand, like, there are all sorts of tendons and nerves. Oh, yeah. Dude. Yeah, that's not, I feel like once you get in there, it's pretty sensitive. I would say it's right? sensitive. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't like that. That would yeah. suck. He's a savage. <laughs> he's, he's a gangster. That's fucking, that's wild, dude. You guys grew up, like, on a ranch or something? You no. You ranchers? Um, oh, okay. The opposite. We grew up 
um, my dad was a fishing guide in Key West for 15 years. Oh, okay. So we grew up. I was brought back to a house um, off of Fogarty Avenue in Key West. Um, and then we moved to Key Haven, which is a little neighborhood north of Key West with like a canal mm-hmm. and everything. So my dad would come back uh, from his fishing trips, just park his boat outside. And his clients would meet at our house. Which, uh, unless they were trailing somewhere like up to Flamingo or something like that. Um, but it was cool, man. I mean, I remember a lot of times, uh, my dad would pick me up from school and he'd be like, Hey, man, uh, my client got so tired of catching tarpon that he wanted to go back early. Let's, uh, ditch this last hour of school because they're still biting. Nice. <laughs> hey, fuck yeah. Like, all right. Sounds good. So I grew up and I was like, dude, fishing's so easy. <laughs> yeah i bet <laughs> fishing's so easy you can't catch a fish dude i mean if you can't catch 150 pound tarpon you suck yeah you suck dude. dude you suck go back home and it go just it land. turns out that my dad was just taking me on the yeah. best days and of course you throw a mullet out there and catch one um mm-hmm. but it was a cool upbringing man i mean like That's we cool. had a. You know, I just go and, and snorkel in our canal, and um, there was a law that was passed in Florida that made it illegal to lobster from canals because what was happening is people were going into residential canals and lobstering under people's docks and stuff. Mm. And I don't know, there's this whole debate on like if it was trespassing or not, stuff like that. And so they outlawed it, but before that, during lobster season, um, it's kind of crazy. Lobster season is one of the most dangerous times in oh, the really? Dude, well, just think Never about how good that. lobster is. Yeah, right? it's good. It's like, it's like elk season, but imagine mm. elk season is a week long Oh, with a rifle. And so everybody's running everywhere. Everybody's diving. And you're having people racing to spots. Mm, also yeah, intoxicated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah, because why be, would you not be? Yeah, you can't be on the, the you can't be on the water and not be yeah. drunk, dude. <laughs> yeah, so before this happened, we would go out and um there would be all kinds of lobster on like around our canal because there are all sorts of holes in the wall that they could hide and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then our neighbor would have like these kind of structures that the lobster was hiding. So we'd just go um grab a tickle stick and a net, catch lobster and like throw them on the grill. It was sick. That's pretty sweet. It was sick. That'd be badass. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So it was a cool upbringing. And then we moved up to Tennessee. um, So we, because it's the school system down in the Keys, just horrific. It's kind of like Hawaii, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's really expensive to live there. So they do get some good teachers Mm -hmm. down there, but they're like, oh man, you know, the teach in the teacher's mind, they're like, oh man, this will be great. I can move down there. I'll get a little place on the water, get a boat, and, um, you know, Go to go teach and then in my free time, go go fishing. It'll, mm-hmm. it'll be great, you know. I only teach what nine, look seven to three, mm-hmm. and then I have the rest of the day to go because we're by the equator. And then yeah. it turns out that, um, you know, it's an island four miles by one mile wide, and all the real estate's taken up, and the houses are so expensive. Cost of living yeah. down there is so expensive. It's I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a highly sought for area. So to give you some perspective. My parents sold their house in 20, and this house was nothing special, probably like 2,500 square feet, mm-hmm. but on the water um, in a in a neighborhood in like 2009 for a million dollars. Damn. 
Yeah. When was this? This is it's like 2009. 2009, you said? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dude, imagine if they sold it like today with uh, post-COVID it's prices. probably a $3 million, yeah, $4 million dollar house. for sure. So, so yeah. So, you just yeah. don't get good teachers down there. Yeah. That, so, and, yeah, that makes sense because teachers you know, also, they don't get paid a shit ton of money. Um, dude, they get paid nothing, yeah, dude. I, it refuse, is, I don't believe that. <laughs> dude. <laughs> if teachers are Meyer, you get paid pretty decent, I feel like. Do for they? Teachers. I feel like they do. Like, what's decent? I don't know. They all have nice houses. Ashley, how much do the teachers get paid in our area? Hundred and fifty. But I would say, you know, they're all making around fifty starting. Okay. Yeah. Starting, yeah. I mean, uh I feel like if you've been doing it for a while, they all have nice houses. So I'm like, I can't believe that you don't get paid decent. Yeah. yeah. Well yeah, and if you get you continue your your degree system, like you end up getting your you know, masters and shit, then you mm-hmm. get a raise or whatnot or whatever that is, continuing education yeah. and all that good stuff. Um but I mean also it's like Ashley hates when I say this, but it's like it's you know, it's a part-time job, you know? So it's like, <laughs> I don't uh, know, dude, it's a part-time job, but imagine having to deal with what, dude, like, I know. It's, dude, when I'm, I was in school, I'm talking I was shit, a by the way. menace. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Teachers, I suck. Teachers <laughs> would, dude, parent-teacher conferences was the worst day of the year for me. <laughs> yeah, it was like, real dude, it was like getting sentenced in court. <laughs> I mean, you would go there and I would be like. They go, um, fuck, oh, fuck. My parents are gonna be so mad when they get home. And and my teachers were like, Your kid needs help. (laughs) He's a legit menace to society right now. It's like, (laughs) I'm concerned about society because he's in there. I mean, I don't know. I was looking back on it, I was freaking bored, dude. Yeah, just bored. And Mm -hmm. like, high school got better because it got harder, but uh, damn, dude, those poor teachers, man. I think they should get paid a lot more. No, they should. I, I mean, was, I was just, I was. Well, joking, no, you're. But, well, you're kind of yeah. right. Like it's, it, 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 it has less hours than most. But mm-hmm. imagine, um, it's kind of like nursing. You know, you get less hours. Well, you work less days a week than most people. But yeah, but they're working like fucking twelve hours. Twelve hours shifts. Shit. Well, you work. I'm trying to make an analogy. Okay. You know, you work like less days. They're not normal hours. Yeah, yeah. they're not normal yeah, hours. They're abnormal but hours. But those hours are so taxing. Yeah, I could see that. And no, imagine trying sure. to teach a, a group of, of second graders the alphabet while they're fucking eating their boogers. Yeah, eating boogers <laughs> yeah, and like fucking picking their butts. Yeah, gross. Throwing dude. rocks at people. <laughs> <laughs> Sleep. Half of them, like some of them are sleeping and the other like half of them are fucking like punching each other. And it's like, dude, and PC. then you got, you got to deal with like family issues yeah. and family dynamics. And like some kids, most, I feel like a lot of kids, maybe not most, but have terrible family lives. And like yeah. that, that stuff translates to the, no, you're absolutely right. And, and also like all the shit that they have to deal with nowadays too. is like, the Ooh. society is changing so much and everything else. It's like, ugh. let's yeah. stay out of that. Topic. Yeah. You're fucking, you're part, you're trying to teach people also while trying to be a therapist at the same time. And then, you know, and then they all have families of their own too. So then they go home and it's like, fuck, now I got to be a parent now. And it's like, yeah, damn, brutal. It is, yeah. it is brutal. Job. Or I, I you got to deal I, with the parents too. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, Why I'm, are you teaching my kid algebra? Yeah. We don't need no, no algebra, <laughs> man. He's going to go, he's going to come back to trailer court and do what we do. You know, family business, yeah. beach off the government. Yeah. <laughs> selling drugs yeah there's a there's a kid in my in my class he is hilarious like he just didn't give a fuck about school and is is very evident and um one time a teacher was like hey you know like pay attention she's like why and she's like well because you're in school like you need to do this stuff he's like i'm just gonna go like 
I'm I'm just gonna get off get out of school and I'm gonna start digging holes with my um you know with my dad. <laughs> my so dad. <laughs> uh, they had an excavating company. So I'm just gonna get out and start digging holes. <laughs> like, what, need, like, what the fuck do I need to know social studies for when I'm gonna go home and dig holes? You yeah. know, it's like I don't need to know this crap. Like, this yeah. sucks. I already know how to dig holes. That's what I'm gonna do. So uh, this is really good for nothing. <laughs> I mean, oh yeah, those poor teachers. Yeah. Oh, like I get that you have it lined up, but at the same time you need to know this stuff. It's like, I don't know. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't care about Argentina. <laughs> I live in Osage, Iowa. <laughs> Unless they're going to invade. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and even then I'm just going to dig more holes. <laughs> There'll be more holes to dig. I promise. Yeah, I promise. <laughs> if that happens, there will be more holes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man yeah. but uh <laughs> um we should probably talk about waypoints some sure yeah <laughs> yeah i'll talk about anything yeah but. dude um so you're you and your dad are i mean you are waypoint i mean mm-hmm. right i mean uh i don't know how big your guys like how many employees and stuff you guys have but 15 15 okay but yeah. you and your dad are heading Head and waypoint. Um, Did your dad in some start capacities. It, right? Yeah. So, uh, it's an interesting story. So, you know, my dad was a fishing guide, uh, down and I'm going to go in depth with this. If you, you know, if you're bored, just tell me to skip ahead. No, yeah, you're so good. my dad was a fishing guide down in the keys mm-hmm. for 15 years. He, in that he was really big into tournament fishing, right? He was a wrestler and, um, a really good wrestler. And when, he didn't wrestle in college, and so he kind of lost that competitive edge, went a little crazy in college, and um, just needed that competition to stay sane, right? And just to have mm. something to obsess over. Sure. You went to win, you know? Yeah. It's all about winning, you know? Yeah, I get that. And uh, so he got involved in this professional redfish tour, and uh, redfish is a, a fish that's found from Texas to North Carolina and, and all in between. And so he would travel a lot during this. And he was really good. Him and his partner, Rich Tudor, were really good. You know, they won some tournaments, won some boats, won some money. It was kind of paying the bills, you know, kind of just wondering, like, where is this going? Um, but they were the heaviest sponsored team mm. on the tour. They had the most sponsors. They were getting paid the most money by the, by their sponsors mm. on the tour. And it was evident. You know, they were just relationship masters. Mm-hmm. And so one year or one tournament, they went over to Texas or somewhere, South Carolina or somewhere and, uh, like a hurricane. I don't know how they didn't like find out about this or know about this, that it was going to hit. I guess hurricanes can kind of just pop up sometimes. Mm. I don't know. Maybe yeah. it was gone for like two little, or three weeks. Well, pop up hurricane. Yeah. yeah just, no big deal. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. But anyways, it was like, a, it was a bad one. It was like category four or something like that. And it hit Key West while he was still. In Texas, and there's like nothing he could do about it. Mm-hmm. And my mom was freaking out. Obviously, you know, dealing with three kids um, alone on a cat- category four hurricane, boarding up the house, you know, yeah. preparing for no power, getting water. You know, you know, when the power goes out, dude, power goes out, you, dude, you're so fucked. Yeah, like power can go out. Imagine every telephone wire in your hometown down at the same time. Mm-hmm. It it could take like two, three weeks. And, you know, there's only so many resources that the Keys has. So they have to grab resources from upstate Florida to go down to the Keys. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, other parts of Florida can be affected. It's just, it, it it's a mess. Yeah. And so he, he, he saw that and he was like, you know what? I'm done. Never doing this again. 
Never going on a redfish tour again. Mm. Just not doing it. Not leaving. Not leaving. Never. Yeah, you don't want to and, miss another pop-up hurricane. Like that, you know, it's like, geez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another casual you know? hurricane's been. Yeah. <laughs> and so Rich, Rich initially was like, dude, what the fuck, man? We're making money. We're winning. I'm not going to quit. Like, mm. I, 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 don't, I don't want to. So if you're going to quit, like, what are we going to do? And so on the drive down from Texas or South Carolina or wherever they were, they concepted this TV show called Solar Experience. And it was unique. Back then, there was only one host. Like, think of Bill Dance, right? Okay. One guy on camera, kind of like talking to the camera a little bit, mm-hmm. giving some tips, but not really like an immersive experience. So mm-hmm. this would bring two hosts. And um, so they started that. They filmed a pilot. Um, well, before that, man, he was uh, he won the Great Outdoor Games, um, which was a event put on by ESPN. That mm. had um I don't know if you remember that, but it was cool, man. Yeah. It ESPN had, used to rule and then they just kinda sucked. You know, and it's Disney like, bottom, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um they used to rule, dude. Yeah. There was uh it was they wanted to make this like the redneck Olympics, dude. Uh-huh. So they had um all sorts of timber sports, they had fly fishing, they had dog training, and then they had fly casting. So he won the fly either the fly fishing or the fly casting, and then he got second in the fly fishing. Um, or fly casting. Okay. So, so he won one of the flying yeah. and then second, second the other one. Okay. And the other one. Yeah. Gotcha. In 1999, I think. Okay. Or maybe two, no, 2001. 2001. Okay. And so after that, it was a cool story because he's from Tennessee. And so this guy from Tennessee, you know, kicks everybody's ass that's from, you know, Montana and everywhere. Um, or no, sorry, the guy from Key West kicks everybody's ass in trout fishing that's from, you know, trout states Mm -hmm. you know um but he was a trout guy before that for like six years and uh so after that he was on maybe like 30 shows 30 fishing tv shows that next year just tons of them Mm -hmm. and shaw grisby was one of them and he was like dude you could do this what the fuck is that noise what the fuck is there a raccoon up there or something You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is bad bad juju. This is bad juju. Well, I think I might be able to edit it out, so we'll just keep going. Is this going to piss you the fuck off? No. Okay, good. No, I'm just worried it won't turn out. No, it'll be fine. Yeah, we can hear it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll, uh, I can run it through and it'll, it'll clean it up. It'll take okay. out the background noise. Um, like everyone talking and stuff oh, nice. too. It'll be fine. Okay. Yeah. No, I can clean it up. It's Technology. not a big deal. Yeah, dude. Oh, wow. That's yeah. nice. God, Holy it's like someone shit. opened a blind. No, that's good. No, Keep yeah, it on. crank it up.
Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't fucking sitting here and fall asleep with Turner. You were just going to curl up and take a nap, dude. <laughs> All right. Sorry uh, about that, dude. <laughs> no. So inter- anyways, anyway, he started saltwater experience. Like uh, eight years later, they're like in season eight. They see it, it's it's when Netflix comes out, mm. right? And everybody freaks out. And then a couple years later, you start to see the decline of cable, mm-hmm. you know, from – Anywhere from the Discovery Channel, like everybody's getting affected. Outdoor Channel, all of the, all the major um, uh, networks yeah. are, are going into decline. And they're looking at their numbers and they're like, hey, man, we paid more than we did last year when we got less views. Like, why? What's up yeah. with that? And they're like, I don't know. Ain't no one watching, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we can't control the audience, yada, yada, yada. And so they're like, okay, well, we're going to do something about that. Mm-hmm. So they created Waypoint, him and Rich. Uh, for a place to and, house their own content. And what, I'm sorry, what year is this now? No, uh, 2015. Okay. 2015. Gotcha. 2015, it was started. 2016, it went live. Mm-hmm. And yep. so they were like, man, we're going to do something about this. I think it stopped. I think it did too. Um, we need a place to house our own content to insulate ourselves from the decline of linear cable, linear traditional TV. Mm-hmm. And so they created Waypoint as an OTT on demand solution, just like Netflix. Then some other producers were like, hey, like what you guys are doing. Can we get, you know, a spot on this on-demand platform? And they're like, yeah, sure. You know, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, whatever they charge. Yeah, sure. Um, then where it really started to pick up was, uh, it's it funny, everyone was in the office and um, this guy named Drake, Rustand, was running a marketing and he, in the office one day, he was just like, hey, guys, um, got a weird email from Samsung. They're saying they're starting this new, like, live channel thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to submit something and see what happens, you know? Three months later, we got a check for $50,000 in the mail. Oh, shit. And uh, okay. Drake, our builder, our CEO, was like, hey, who sold 50 grand? Like who? Like I want to give permission and credit to somebody yeah. who did this. Walking around, everybody knowing was like, mm. I don't know, I don't know. And Drake was like, Wait, let me see that. Samsung. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh me. yeah. I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. We put it on Samsung. Remember? So, anyways, they con- they controlled our ad ad slots, and uh-huh. then they would share the revenue with us. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that's really what kicked us off. Is we finally got some revenue coming in and with that came a tremendous audience yeah right so, that's how i watch it yep i watch it on my samsung tv yep yeah, so awesome. what that means is everyone who buys a samsung all you got to do is click the live tv scroll down to waypoint we're on there yeah our linear schedule's on there yeah no it's pretty awesome like especially if i'm like just getting ready in the morning and stuff like that instead of committing to a whole show of something it's like that's one thing I kind of miss about cable is like you just yeah. turn on something and turn on your favorite channel and just let it play. And you mm-hmm. know, whether it's background noise or if you only have, you know, 15, 20 minutes and you don't want to commit to like, you know, a 45 minute long TV yeah. show or fucking movie or something. And then like one that. day like, you're like, damn, I'm tired of friends. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's some, yeah. it's something, there's something relaxing about just turning on like waypoint and just letting it play through like whatever pops up. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm just going to watch whatever comes up next. Like without yeah. being in control, it's almost like putting your, you know, your, uh, your playlist on shuffle. It's like, I just don't want to decide. I just wanted to 
do what I do. And yeah. then it pops up like, nice. Oh, what nice. a banger, dude. This is a banger <laughs> show. Like this rules. You know, yeah. it's like that something, there's something fun about that too. You know, it is fun, man. And like, it's, it's weird because people are like, well, how are you different than like, just a, just a network? Like a, TV network. Yeah. Like I see you on Samsung, but it seems like the same thing. And I'm like, well, it kind of is, you know, mm-hmm. it's just free over Wi-Fi. You don't have to pay direct TV $120 a month to yeah. watch it. You right. know? And, and it's easy. And then there are lots of options. So we got the Samsung deal and we were like, shit, we might have something here mm-hmm. and uh, just kept on adding more and more affiliates. And, and now, you know, fast forward to 2024 and um, we're in a position to where, we have all the major affiliates. Some of them are exclusive. Like we're the only outdoor channel on, on a few of them. And now we have to get in a position where we, so the analogy that I use with the team is that if you go skiing, have you ever been skiing? Oh yeah. Like mm-hmm. on, on the two skis, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, you know, yeah, water no. skiing and stuff. So <laughs> if you're going downhill, snow skiing, you're talking, right? Yes. Okay, snow yeah, skiing. Yeah. If you're going down a hill, the instinct is to lean back and to let the hill take you down. Mm-hmm. But what you really need to do is you need to lean forward and put your shins in your boots so you have control of where you're going. Mm-hmm. Because when you're leaning back and riding that hill, you just don't have any control. Mm-hmm. So you need to lean forward and basically step on the gas pedal so you can slow down and speed up when you see fit. Yeah. And so that's what we're doing right now. We have to lean forward into this hill that we're riding and be on top of opportunities that are, that are, you know, out there. Mm -hmm. And so with that, like Amazon just launched their uh, new fire TV channels. And so uh, I think 164 million people in the U S have fire sticks. Yeah. And because we have been leaning forward in our skis, slowing up and speeding down when we see fit, not when the market sees fit, Mm -hmm. we were the first outdoor channel on Amazon. And I think we're the only ones still. I'm sure they'll Uh be... They'll, they'll catch up. Yeah. You know? Well, there's something to being first, you know? Like, being first on there, it's like, when people are out there looking around, like, oh, well, I want to watch something outdoorsy. And it's like, oh, this is mm-hmm. the only thing they got, so let's see what it's all about. You know, it's nice. It's, yeah. It's good for you, for sure. Yeah, being first doesn't necessarily make you the industry leader or the no. category king. Correct. But it sure fucking helps. It sure fucking helps, dude. <laughs> it does. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know. And we didn't invent streaming. You know, we didn't invent outdoor streaming. We didn't invent outdoor networks. Mm-hmm. Um, We just have really put a focus on the... Number one, new audience development and hand in hand with that, the look and feel of our network. I mean, Mm -hmm. we've put tremendous resources. We have 15 employees right now, which for a streaming network um, of our size and what we need is probably more than we Mm -hmm. should have just based on, you know, um, EBITDA and things like that Um, or just objectively, you know, but we're staying on top of the fucking ball, yeah. you know, and we're using our resources to the best possible things. And like, yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, we might be overcompensated in a few areas, but we don't know what's next. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard to gauge like where we allocate resources and what we put our effort into when the future is evolving so fast, you know, like our number one audience is on Samsung, but Hey, Samsung can pull plug. Yeah. 
on everyone. Yeah, they could. Everyone. Or more likely, a new technology could come up and make Samsung obsolete. Mm-hmm. Either you way. You just never know. Yeah. You don't want to put, know. you want to put all your eggs in one basket, especially in like this like world. And that's what one thing I, like me personally, I love about podcasting and stuff too. It's like, you know, no one can really pull the plug on it. Like you can like lose, uh, you know, sponsors, deals, like, yeah. Yeah, lose deals if you want, but no one can really say like, this is no more, you know, yeah. unless like you can't do this. No. Yeah, Fuck exactly. You. We can't, I can't <laughs> record me talking to some other dude and then putting it on the fucking internet. Like, yeah. uh, I sure can. <laughs> and ain't no one going to stop you doing it. You know, it's like, but I, and I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for, you know, like Kurt, Eric and WCB mm-hmm. boys. It's like, um, for them bringing me on is because I did a podcast before with my brother and stuff. It was like a political podcast and it was, it was just for fun kind of thing. Yeah. But, um, uh, when I got done with that and like, talking with Kurt and everything else. Like I didn't plan on doing a podcast ever again, but like when he asked you, it's kind of like, mm, I don't know. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, you kind of got to take it's those, fun. Opp- yeah. You got to yeah. kind of take those opportunities as they come. And like with waypoint, what you guys are doing, it's like, you see opportunities. It's like, you kind of got to jump. You gotta at pounce, them dude, you got to go pounce or not yeah. do them at all. And yeah. like, that's also a position that we're in right now is, you know, we're kind of, so we do a lot of different things from, um, streaming, to podcasts, to articles, to courses, to email lists, to social. Mm-hmm. I mean, right now we're in a position where we're saying, all right, everything we want to do is going to be to the best of our ability. Mm-hmm. So are there things that we're doing that we're kind of half in, half out? Is there? Probably. Mm-hmm. Let's like evaluate them and either go all in or burn them. Yeah, right. You know, mm-hmm. like you don't want, I mean, you don't see Apple half assing any sort of product. No. You know, they you see them dominating every category that they're mm-hmm. in. Yeah. And they're only in a few categories. Yep. Yep. You know, they it's not like built. they have technology and healthcare. Right. Yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they're not BlackRock, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it, it's true. Like, you got to find your niche and kind of fucking um, expand within your niche, mm-hmm. you know, but like also stay within your niche. You know, you don't, you don't want to go too far outside of your niche. Like, if, if Waypoint started playing, like, I don't know, fucking dirt uh, bikes or yeah, something. Dirt bikes or motorcross. Like, yeah, like fucking ballet and stuff. It's like, <laughs> yeah. that'd be weird. It's like, oh yeah, we're going to be watching fishing, hunting, and then like the ballet. It's like, oh, weird. I don't like that. <laughs> like, what are we boys, doing here? You we're know, all like, about fishing, hunting, and ballet. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You see that new nutcracker <laughs> performance on Waypoint? Yeah, dude, that ruled. That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I like that. Yeah, they were dancing their little, tight. Da- they were dancing their little tushies <laughs> off, man. It was nice. <laughs> and then we saw somebody kill a big old buck. Yeah. And then they yeah, had, next thing you know, they're out there dancing around. The next thing you know, they're in a mountain somewhere, <laughs> uh, shooting bison, you know? <laughs> That's funny, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you got to pick your niche, you got to pick your niche, you know, and you got to play to your strengths and you got to realize what your weaknesses are and either attack them or just not do them. Yeah, you know? for sure. And it's the, the evolution of a company is really interesting and we're learning lessons every day and we're certainly no experts in, in, you know, I think we become experts in some of the things that we mm-hmm. do, but <clears throat> you know, like my dad will tell you, we're just two fishing guides, Yeah, you know, that just saw an opportunity and mm-hmm. went for it and that's yeah. it. And we're learning along the way. Yeah. And, I think you, you guys know, are doing a great job. I'm lucky honestly. to be a part of that. Yeah. Um, but it's it's fun, man, and getting to work with my dad's awesome. Oh yeah, you yeah. Know? It seems like you guys have a like a pretty unique uh, uh, working relationship as well. Mm-hmm. Being you know father son, it's like 
not a lot of people can make that work. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, a balance, dude. I mean, we just had a tough conversation where I was just frustrated about something and, and it was driving me crazy uh, about work, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I'd call my dad and I was like, you know, fuck this, fuck that, you know, this bullshit, you know, whatever. Like, why are we waiting on this? We need to do this. Like, what's going on here? Why are we, why are we doing this? Don't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And then I had to call him back and be like, Hey, I just want to let you know that I was talking to my dad. Yeah. You know, right. I was talking to my dad. I wasn't talking to, you know, my partner. Right. I was talking to my dad. Uh-huh. And it's really hard to draw that line. And yeah. there, there have been times at Waypoint where the future's uncertain. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's no guarantee that we're going to, you know, make it big or anything. Mm-hmm. No guarantee in anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything, everything could, if, you know, you make a stupid mistake and everything come crumbling oh, yeah. to the ground. Mm hmm. In an instant over something you didn't even think about, you know, so you gotta be careful. But my dad, you know, early on in this journey, he was like, look, man, we got this opportunity, but I just want you to know that, you know, I want what's best for you. And if there's a better opportunity somewhere, go for it, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's hard to separate that line, man. It's really hard because you think, and then you get used to it. And you think like, okay, well, he knows when I'm talking to him as a dad and then when I'm talking to him as a partner. Yeah. Mm. It's still tough. Though. Not always. Yeah. It's still tough. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and I could see that be tough. You know, it's like, especially when you're talking stuff like that and fr- trying to air your frustrations to your dad and mm-hmm. stuff. But in the back of his mind, maybe he's like, oh, shit, maybe I need to like fucking, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. is he still all in? Yeah. Like, is, is he going to flake out on me sometime here? Or yeah. is he going to, yeah, it's like, that'd be tough. That'd be hard. Yeah. But what's funny is it's always on those callbacks that I'm like, Hey, I, I, I'm talk. I was talking to my dad Yeah, that like our that. bond grows. Yeah, for sure. You know? And he was like, Oh no. Yeah. I'm glad you told me that. Yeah. That makes total sense. I get mm-hmm. it. I get it. You know? Yep. And that's kind of where we grow together. And we're, man, like my dad's my hero. I mean, like he's, he's taught me so much and, and the, we've just grown together. Mm-hmm. on this and it's really cool man it's really cool just having something to do with building further what he's already built yeah for sure no, i'm excited to see what you guys do with it and it's cool like you know you guys kind of i'm just starting you know kind of thing mm-hmm. uh i've been on for a year but uh it's it's really cool to jump on like immediately with you guys and kind of get this thing going like right from the rip like that was pretty that's pretty yeah. cool so yeah i mean you guys are out there you're yeah, I remember that FaceTime we so, did, yeah. you know, of like, like do you want to do this? What's yeah. going on? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, dude, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Totally, yeah, sure. Totally, dude. Like this. <laughs> yeah, sure. Fuck. Hey, God, See know. what happens. Yeah. See yeah. what happens here. You know, it's like, but, um, I mean, you get, I mean, taking a chance on a young show like this is, it's kind of, kind of a gamble, obviously, because you, especially with podcasts, like they pop up and then they go away, <laughs> pop up and then they go away. You know, it's like a lot of people, um, anyone can start podcasts and that's what's cool about it. But also what sucks about it is that anyone can start podcasts. Yeah. It's <laughs> you know? saturated. It's so and saturated. Like, you know, most people, uh, it's funny cause I used to do a podcast too, cause we were building this podcast network and I was like, I better understand this, you know, yeah, make sure I understand the frustrations and everything like that, the editing, everything that these guys have to do, Yeah, you know, I better understand it. And so, um, I was going through it and I did like 25 episodes or mm-hmm. something. Um, <clears throat> but it's funny, man, like most people, I would probably say like 90, 90% of podcasts do 10 episodes and they're like, fuck, I'm only getting, 
hundred downloads a month. Yes, if you're um, lucky. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my wife's wondering what the hell I'm doing in this basement every week for three hours. Like, and then yeah. I'm spending three more hours trying to figure out how to edit everything. Like, I get it. Oh yeah, it's hard. And you know, just editing episodes, you're putting, you know, you're putting your best effort towards it, and then you're just sending out into the ether of the internet and be like. Ah. See what happens, and then yeah. nothing happens because it's like it's a like you said it's a saturated market for sure, mm-hmm. you know. But that's where um b- like businesses like Waypoint and stuff too like come kind of really come in handy where you have a decent audience and obviously working with um Curtin <laughs> all the hard work that they put into and them going through that struggle and stuff like that. And then I get kind of a, I guess a leg up working yeah. with them, obviously, yeah. you know, and um working off their network as as well. It's like. It's different circumstance, that's for sure, but it'd definitely be hard, you know, to start from just absolutely nothing and just really put out episodes in the ether and like hope someone listens, you know, and if they don't, then they yeah. don't, but yeah. you, you really got to be passionate about it. And, um, if the topic you're talking about, you're not passionate about that topic, then it, I don't see that working. That's what a lot of people do. Well, like, the thing I is you like, got to do it every week. Yeah, you got to be consistent. Every Otherwise, if you're, week. if you're inconsistent, then you're fucked. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's like, oh, let's tough. start a podcast on um, the history of guns. Yeah, or whatever. Sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can do that for ten weeks. Yeah. Can I do it for three hundred? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe. Depends. Maybe. Yeah. But that, you, you know, you're not going to grow if you don't do it consistently. Exactly. And that's the thing about picking your niche too. Like yeah. we talking earlier, it's like you want to pick your niche and stick with your niche, but at the same time, like you can't be afraid to like go outside of it here and there. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you don't want to, you know, go too far. Yeah. Outside. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm a gun podcast, but I talk archery and stuff too and hunting and this, that, and, the other, and fishing and whatever else. And, um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm definitely not going to start talking about ballet on this yeah. podcast, but yeah. yeah. No, it's funny, man, and and you know, it, I, I, I sometimes I wonder about podcast if it's kind of like social media, to where if you're trying to go grow a social following right now, it's really really hard. Yeah, it's, like, it's just hard. It's just hard for anybody. I mean, you know, certain people probably have an easier time, but for most people, it's really tough. Mm-hmm. Whereas when Instagram, let's just take Instagram, when Instagram was launched and you tried to go your grow your social following, it went through. The fucking roof yeah you know just because like not a lot of people were on it they were trying to push everything they're pushing everybody and, and they're like yeah follow 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 uh-huh. this is new follow 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 and that's how we grew our waypoint mm-hmm. instagram to whatever six hundred thousand, whatever it is today um if we were trying to do that right now yeah good luck well it's tough. Like, you have so many influencers on there that are doing their thing and like the cool thing is to have a lot of followers and now and you don't follow a lot of people. You know, it's like, oh yeah, my ratio of like followers to followed. You follow yeah. more people than you have following oh, you. you fucking puke. You fucking loser. You idiot, dude. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> You're going backwards. You suck. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not, but I feel like that's a thing. No, I think <laughs> I know? looked at mine because I, I don't know. I admire and respect a ton of people. And yeah. so I, um, I think I looked the other day and I was like, <laughs> I, I was like following more people than I had followed me. I was like, mm-hmm. fucking loser. And then I just closed the app. Yeah. I was like, whatever. You go through and you start unfollowing everybody. Like, <laughs> I, uh, no, I'm no, like, I'm I, I've done that before to where I've done like, cause I do different like social media cleanses. Cause, um, lately yeah. my thing is getting, uh, on social media, I don't know why. Um, I've gotten a ton of car accidents on my social feed. Like, dude, dude every algorithm. you watch one day, car, car accident, every day. Fuck. Well, you watch it and you're like, 
oh my god and you keep watching it you're like this is horrible i need to look yeah. away and then you keep playing it and you're like oh my god yep. and then it's like oh he likes that that's nice he likes that he enjoys Let's it blood his feed what a freak yeah let's what a flood this freak. freak's algorithm yeah. <laughs> fucking what a freak or you look at you, you try to find out what's going on in ukraine and the next thing you know it's a bunch of gopro videos of the war and you're just mm-hmm. like oh, i don't really need i don't i don't need yeah. that you know i don't need that and then next thing you know, it's it's all your feed. Yeah. And so I've done like several cleanses where I'll just like delete the app and not touch it for like three or four months. Mm-hmm. And then I've done other things where I'm like, all right, every negative account I'm going to unfollow. Yeah. And then before you know it, dude, I swear Instagram makes you follow people mm-hmm. automatically. Or you accidentally do it. And then before you know it, you're all getting all this negative stuff on your feed. And you're like, what? Damn it. I got to do it again. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. I, I, I think you, human engage in negativity more yeah because it pisses you off well and it's like one of those things too like if uh, someone posts something and i comment on it or reply to it and say like hey great job that you know great job you're doing maybe gets one you're killing it yeah maybe gets one if i go on there and say like you fucking suck and everyone hates you then everyone's like whoa dude that was uncalled for (laughs) engagement you're you're an asshole then boom 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 and everyone's paying attention to what i'm saying you know but if i go on there and say something nice then it's like yeah, you know what a what a nice guy, and they keep going. Yeah, but no one remember, really like, interacts how, with when, kindness. When did you, know? you? When did you? Um, what? Where were you in life when Facebook was invented? Uh, well, I guess I was in middle school when it was middle invented. school when it got put out or to when like, it was everybody. popular. Yeah, like when, when you got a Facebook. So when, when did it, you get a Facebook? When Facebook left college and started letting in like the general population. Yeah. Uh, psh, 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 2007 or something like that probably right around there whenever that happened uh i was in high school yeah time frame i was in like middle school yeah and you remember when it first got on and you're with all your buddies and then you're like man boy do i look rip in this picture yeah i rule (laughs) i'm the best i'm the best and then you post it (laughs) one of your friends is like you fat piece of shit and then you're like i can't believe that they said that, and then you know everybody else is like, "Oh no, you look good," or whatever. But you're like, "I just can't." Be- it's just your brain is just yeah. wired for that, oh, and it's like, oh. yeah. uncalled for. You're dude. Like three, you know, seven of my friends told me I was awesome, and one of them told me I was a lazy sack of shit. So I guess, I and suck. I cannot th- stop thinking about <laughs> yeah. that one person. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. It's funny. Yeah, it's that's, funny. It's one thing I try to do, like just with uh, you know, like my wife and stuff too. It's like if she gives me a comment and try to like remember it yeah if if i walk out of the shower or something like that and she looks at me she's like fuck dude put a like god go get (laughs) go get dressed like you you're fat you're like what's going on that would sit with me forever Mm -hmm. but if i walk out she's like dang nice nice job jake yeah that's something thanks you know i want to let that sit with me i'm trying to like shift my mindset to accept more positivity rather than negativity like it's hard try to Get rid of the negativity and focus on like the positive and let that simmer in my body rather than festering in negativity and be like, these motherfuckers, dude, I'm going to fucking find them. I don't give a fuck who they are. They called me a burn his ass. Yeah. They called me a queer on Instagram and I can't stand it. Shooting a 6.5. I just can't stand it. They're not educated. They don't get it. It's a powerful (laughs) cartridge. It's so powerful. You can kill elk with a 6.5 Creedmoor for sure. I don't care what you say on there, guys. You don't know what you're talking about. I once saw 
someone shoot a 6.5 Creedmoor at a moose and just blow his shoulders out. That's how powerful it is. You guys don't know what you're talking about. And yeah, <laughs> he ran 300 yards after getting shot in the yeah. heart. But you know what? He still died. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about bullet placement, which it is. But it's all about right. bullet placements. You know, you can shoot him with a 22 and kill him. You Have know? you seen that video of these guys at the range? And they're like, they're like, uh, you know, goofing off yeah. or whatever. And then some guy's shooting a 6.5. And he's like, guys, I don't care what anybody says about uh, power, about velocity, about uh, impact. It's all about bullet placement. Yeah. And then it scans down and he's wearing a thong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just realized this fucking room is filling up with people. Yeah, should, let's get out of here. We should probably cut out of here. Yeah. All right. Hey, thanks for listening, guys. We're going to cut out of here. Wow, this place is filling with people. I don't know what's going on, so. Through the Blackwater bayous and in the dark Louisiana night floats a duck camp, alive with the sounds of swamp pop and the smells of Cajun cooking. From the Mississippi Delta in Venice to the Cajun prairies of the Southwest, me and the Duck Camp Dinners crew will be hunting and eating it all. This is Duck Camp Dinner. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors, every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.